On this week's episode, we talk all about travel. We talk about traveling with low vision from air travel to buses and road trips and more. So stick around. Hi, and welcome to Rare with Flair. Two 20-somethings with the same rare disease who are just out here living our best lives. I'm your host, Casey. And I'm your host, Cassandra. All right. What's up? How's it going? You know, it's going good. It's going really good. I'm always happy on the days where we can record the pod. You know why? Because we haven't even talked very much in the last, like, three days, which is a record. I know, it's a shock. (laughs) And so this is, like, our time to talk, I feel like. (laughs) But I had to ask you about your crafts you've been doing lately um oh I have y'all, we've been getting crafty it. both of us have been getting crafty. both of us have been getting a little crafty but Cass made these really cool moss crafts like do you want to explain <laughs> yeah listeners? so basically i got like shadow boxes which if people don't know what those are they're like the the deep frames that you can put things inside that aren't photos um on sale from Michael's and then I got bags of just like preserved moss and it's literally so easy it looks super cool and requires like basically no skill like if you can use a glue gun you just glue these like chunks of moss (laughs) places and it honestly it turned out really good like it was such a blast I made them like last week and they're hanging in my living room right now and like uh, they're so fun they like brighten up the space I'm so proud they're beautiful it makes like my woodland fairy heart very happy to see it and i'm low-key jealous and she told me i should make some so i might just copy she absolutely should and so should everyone i mean they're seriously like so easy my neighbor has some and she she, like inspired me to do it and i was like i'm gonna do it so but case case crafts she's knitting you guys i'm knitting The, the other day Cass was like how's your knitting going and it took me a split second to understand what she was asking me i was like my what my knitting for those of you who don't say it the way it's spelled um yeah i'm knitting it's really fun i'm not very great at it like i do basic knitting but it's fun also speaking of like knitting i'm trying to segue it's not a great segue but i have to talk about the fact the fact that i'm where i wear our merch every time i record an episode now (laughs) i'm wearing um since you can't see this since this is an audio medium um and a lot of you are visually impaired uh that listen to our podcast i am wearing our rare with flair sweatshirt because love the merch it's no longer on sale but we do have stickers and magnets shameless plug we sure do. If you go to um, Redbubble and type in uh, Rare with Flair, I'll link it in the show notes, um, you should be able to find our little shop. And we have just some cute stickers and magnets. I have a magnet up on my fridge. I've got a sticker on my laptop. Is it narcissistic? Yes. We agree. No. No, we agree it's not. It's on my fridge. It's on my water bottle. It's on my body because I'm wearing a sweatshirt. It's just everywhere. (laughs) Just everywhere I turn is our logo, and I would not have it any other way. Um, So, without further ado, do you want to step into today's topic? Oh, yes. I think we can step in and fly away through today's topic. Oh. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, I was really going for it there. Okay, so we're talking... (laughs) <laughs> we're talking about travel because it's I we feel like it's a pretty apt time to talk about this like people are starting to get back out there including us starting to travel more we're vaxxed and ready um yes. 
And, you know, pre-pandemic, travel was something that we always really liked to do. And it's really exciting being able to get back to that and something that we really love. And uh, we kind of just wanted to talk about what that's like with a low, like with low vision and all kinds of stuff. Yes. Hashtag vaxxed and ready. Um, <laughs> we always try to like, we try to make our episodes like go with the time. So we were like in the summer is kind of when a lot of people like to travel and especially after, you know, getting vaccinated, a lot of people are getting back out there. So we're going to talk about planes. We're going to talk about trains. We're going to talk about cars. We're going to talk about all the, the ways of travel. First, we're going to start with the biggest one that might take the longest because that is planes. Oh my god. Okay, but wait, Cass. why did you miss the planes, trains, and automobiles that was just I know. ready? I almost did it. I was like, copyright <laughs> infringement. No. <laughs> I know, I know. I should have said planes, trains, and automobiles. Is that a that's a movie, right? Like it I don't is. know if it I've totally ever is. even I have I don't not think seen it seen. though. I Me just neither. know it's a movie. I was like, is it a book? <laughs> is it a movie? Is it both? Like I know like it anyway, but never seen yeah. it. <laughs> we'll link it in the show notes. I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> planes, planes. So much to talk about here. I don't even know where to begin. So Cass and I have both flown alone. And mm-hmm. I kind of think that's what we'll focus on the most since that's when you're with a family member, you can kind of rely on them to see things. Absolutely. Um, so I wanted to talk about when I travel, and I want to ask you about this too, um, but when I travel on a plane... I get assistance at the airport. Now, I probably could get through the airport without any assistance. It just might take longer. And with assistance, it's just it's just a lot quicker. And they take me right to my gate, and it's easy. Although there are pros and cons to assistance. Like, do you use assistance at the airport? So, yeah, it depends. I have... Sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. If it's an airport I've been to and I have the time, then I will. Uh, but a lot of times I will honestly just like to navigate myself, Okay. but, but what sort of assistance do you receive? I, I don't think people may know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me explain it. So basically I just get an airport employee to walk me through. The good thing is they put you at the front of the line of TSA, mainly I mm-hmm. think to make it faster for themselves. They don't have the time to wait in line with you. So they take you to the front of the line, then they take you to your gate, and then once you're at your gate, the those people take over at that point and they let you go on the airplane first and find your seat before anyone else gets on. And then when you get off, they'll help you find your luggage and help you find your ride and all of that. So they're just they're just kind of navigating you through the airport. And I find it funny. I've talked to a lot of blind people who say that they always give you a wheelchair which they do it's very strange they do Um, i know you know i'm i'm clearly blind i have my cane with me i'm walking i clearly am mobile but they always bring a wheelchair and i guess it's like faster for them to push me which is like fine okay fine i'll take the ride i don't really you know sometimes i do sometimes i like deny it but um but that is kind of a weird (laughs) a weird no it always happens and I think that's part of the reason why I actually stopped requesting assistance is because, like, sometimes they really want you to use the wheelchair. And when I travel they with do. my guide dog, which is most of the time, it's not useful or practical for us to be able to do that because she's not trained to work with me oh. in a wheelchair. Um, so it's point. not. Yeah. And, like, I don't want her, like, her toes to get smooshed or anything. So, um, yeah. A lot of times I'll just figure it out myself and um, I rely on like the little bit of a vision I have. Like, I think, you know, we've talked about over and over how 
Uh, we use a lot of context clues to be able to navigate throughout our lives. And, and that, I mean, applies to airports, at least for me. Um, I know, like, general, I mean, every airport is different, but in general, where things are going to be, I always, like, go in and I either check in at the, at the desk where my airline, uh, you know, whatever airline I'm taking that specific trip is going to be, and then I maybe ask for directions, or I, like, stop and take a photo of the arrivals, or, or of the departures, or the arrivals, I guess, depending on what I'm doing. Uh, so I always take a photo, and then I try and see, like, okay, what gate is my flight in? Which way is that gate? If I don't have much time, I'll, like, I'll, like, ask the person at the gate, just, like, which way do I go? And then... Uh-huh. In general, people will help you and point you in the right direction. Of course, there's always, like, the off chance that you're going to get someone who's having a rough day. (laughs) Right. Right. So, you know what gives me so much anxiety, though, and I bet you agree, is when you're going through TSA and you're standing at the metal detector thing and they just, like, motion... They just motion for you to go through. They don't say, like, right, like, please come through, which, like, I get it. It's a long day, and they're just like, they ask. That's the problem with this world is everyone assumes you can see, you can hear, you can walk. You know, they assume you don't have a disability of any kind. And so, like, I know deaf people, I'm sure, go through this crap all the time. But for us, it's like all these visual cues that you're giving us. And then they get mad at you or think you're being rude or think you're being aloof when you don't walk through at the time they want. And I actually have to tell a quick story about this. So I had a person assisting me through the airport and we were going through the TSA thing and she was very, okay, here's the thing. I I know that working at an airport must be a high stress job. I definitely think it is, but I will say, and this is not, this is not calling out any airline in particular. I will say, every time I've flown and I've gotten assistance, people seem really just agitated with me, and they seem rushed, yeah. and they seem... They are they are rarely very kind with me, um, and it, they just seem really annoyed and like I'm a burden, which is kind of like, well, this is your job, so, you yeah. know, I don't know. But anyway, this lady grabs my backpack off of my back and throws it on the conveyor belt before I could, like, say anything. And I knew my laptop was in there, and I know you're supposed to take your laptop out of the bag. And But, like, she threw it on there before literally I could say anything. So I go through the metal detector. I get to the other side, and the TSA people are taking a while looking through my bag. And the lady was like, why are they taking so long looking through your bag? Did you bring, bring a drink in? And I'm like, no, I, I fly all the time. Of course I, I know that you don't bring a drink, you know. But I was like... But my laptop is in there. And then she got really angry with me for not taking my laptop out. But she was the one. And I even said to her, I was like, well, actually, like, you took my bag off really quickly before I even had time to go through. So this is like the, the, that's the con of, like, being with someone. Also, if you want to stop before your gate and, like, get a snack or whatever, it's like, are they going to let you do that? Probably not. You know, so you'd have to find that on your own. And if you're completely blind or something that might be hard to do, I don't know. But anyway, um... I had one other thing to say with that, and now I can't remember, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that, like, (laughs) yeah, TSA is pretty tough. Um, I, like, sometimes I've traveled with Akeen, and sometimes I've traveled, uh, like, a lot of the times I've traveled with Romana, and um, it's sort of different every time. It's a little, like, I don't know, in general, people tend to be, like, a little bit nicer to you if you have a service dog, however... I've found more often than not, a lot of TSA folk 
who work there are actually very afraid of dogs. And oh. I'm not sure it's if it's because there are a lot of usually the police dogs that are doing a lot of drug sniffing at the at the airport and those are more intimidating dogs and so like that's sort of their job um. it's really interesting though because so <laughs> this is hilarious Romana has to get pat down every time <gasps> poor Ro like it's just part of the process but it's hysterical because we walk through the metal detector we have the same sort of um like way of doing it when I got her like almost five years ago now at guide dogs for the blind one of the things that they would teach us is like, hey, here's how you go through an airport, right? Because this is going to happen. You're going to have to do this on your way home, most likely. So, like, we, I, I won't go through the body scanner if I'm with her. And so I will, I have her sit. I, like, hold her leash and then I, like, I make it, I can make her leash longer. So then I walk through and then I call her through and then she beeps oh. because her harness has metal on it. Ah. Uh. So then they pat her down, and it's hysterical because Romana loves TSA because uh-huh. every time she goes there, she gets free pets uh, while she's she on duty. She loves the pets. <laughs> oh, that's funny. She, like, yeah, well, they – sorry, what? Oh, sorry. I was about to say, like, sometimes she gets really friendly with the TSA people. That, like, she'll, like, try and lick their face. Like, it's so cute. <laughs> Uh, I bet nowadays TSA is seeing so many fake service dogs and, you know, we won't even get into that or I'm just going to be mad, Ugh, but no, but I bet they're happy that she behaves well, but it's funny. They make you put your cane on the conveyor belt thing. They which do. I get it. They have to scan it. I get it. But then it's like, you're alone without your cane. And then that, then when they signal to you, they don't know that you can't see. I'm like, I wish that person on the other side had a visual indicator that I can't see, AKA my cane, but it's in the scanner. I know. Also, have I remembered what I was going to say. Have they ever questioned what your monocular is at the T- at TSA? <laughs> I think they have actually, you know. They always are very, very perplexed by my monocular. <laughs> and I think they think it's like, you know, I don't know what they think it is, but sure. they'll be like, They'll take it out and they'll be kind of looking at it. And then they'll, they've asked me like, what is this? And, you know, cause it does kind of look, you know what it looks like? And I bet what they think it is, is it looks like mace. It probably, it like yeah, it does. Pepper spray. It does. Cause like in the, especially in the thing I have it in the little carrier. I yeah. Have it so for those uh-huh. who have never seen it, a monocular is like a short little cylinder that we use to, to see things that are far away, like binoculars, but one and, and yeah, I'm sure it does, but like, they, yeah, they've probably never seen one before. So, um, you know what always gets flagged for me, though? Talking about guide dogs. Uh, my dog's food always gets flagged oh, basically no. every time. And I don't know why. Like, I, you know, I'm allowed to bring it through. But I think what I, what I started trying to do is, like, I put it in its own box so that they can see that, like, oh, it's dog food. Don't worry about it. Yeah. She's got a service dog. Like, don't, you know, it's just part of the whole thing. And sometimes they'll, like run those pads over it and test it just in case or whatever but like they're pretty you know large bags of food so I guess it makes sense oh that's funny have you and then once you're on the plane I feel like once you're on the plane there's not that much like visual going on except a few things first of all we were talking the other day about like sitting in the emergency seat you know like oh yes (laughs) there's always that have you ever been in an exit row I don't think so like they say are you comfortable taking everyone you know off the plane in an emergency or opening up the door or whatever I don't even know what your duties are in that but have you ever been seated in that special yeah so I've actually been seated in an exit (laughs) row and I had to raise my hand and I was like I should probably not be sitting here 
And then yeah, I looked I down at my like no. guide dog, and they were like, "Yeah, no, probably no. not. <laughs> probably not. I don't feel comfortable leading everyone off the plane. No thanks." Um, but also like the safety like show they do where it's like. Oh. Yeah. Here's your seatbelt. We can't see that. No, I literally never pay attention. I, I mean, nobody does, really. But, like, I, I listen and hope for the best, but I can't even see. They're like, your pad is a flotation device, and this is how you blow it up. And, the, and I'm like, I can't see what you're doing, so I just, I hope for the best. I'll, you know, like, hopefully we never yep. have to know. I ho- yeah, but. exactly. Hopefully we never have to use it, but if we do, maybe someone can assist us. I don't know. Hopefully. Like, we'll figure it out. I've Sometimes when I've been bored, I've read the safety card at the back of the seat, but like... <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about navigation through an airport, though. Like, how yes. how do you find your gate? I feel like this is a common, like, this is, you know, after TSA, this is the thing that you do. Like, yes. you know, what? how do you do? I, I find, personally, that the signs are somewhat large. Yes. So, they like, are they're usually large. hanging from the ceiling. And right. either I can stop and take a photo or sometimes they're actually, like, fairly close to me, and I can, like, just make out what they say. So that really helps. And, like, I've even stopped in, like, restaurants and asked, like, what gates are here? And then they'll usually be able to point you in the right direction. Yeah, The okay, there's a lot I have to say to that, because I feel like gates... You know, reading words is basically impossible for us on signs, but if it's just, like, one letter and a number, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it is easier to make out. It really depends on the airport. Like, there was one airport I went to that was, like, three stories. It was insane. I mean, like, really insane. But I feel like usually I am getting assistance, um, so they just take me there. But if I had to find it on my own, I probably could with, like, a monocular or my cell phone. I feel like finding... The luggage place is the worst for me. Really? So so I'm always looking for the little picture of the suitcase, which is usually so like it's I find a lot of airport signs are made similarly that it's like a dark background with white letters often. Not always. But like the contrast is usually enough that I'm like, this looks like a a large white rectangle. It's probably the little suitcase icon. So that's Uh honestly where and also the word baggage I find is really easy to spot because it's got lots of G's. So yeah. like it hang like the y'all this is a peek inside our mind okay um like the, <laughs> the G's like peek. they hang down there are three G's in the word baggage that's true three G's wait but here's my question so like finding baggage okay great that's wonderful it's finding the correct baggage oh no that's that's how <laughs> That's what I that's that's what I'm saying. That's what's impossible. That's what's impossible is the like conveyor belt for your plane. I have well, no I don't, idea. I didn't I didn't like memorize my flight number, you guys. Like it's No, not well, and even if you did, could you see it? No. No. No, no. I know. I try no, sometimes actually, you know what has happened before? People will recognize me from the plane because of course they do. And of they'll course. be like, Hey, you were on whatever flight, right? This is our baggage carousel. <laughs> Oh, well, that's lovely. That's nice that they help you out. But, yeah, usually I ask, like, at, at like an airport employee. I, I, I'm not it's really hard. ashamed of asking too many questions. I'm just like, hey, no. I got off this flight. Where's our baggage carousel? Like, look yeah, it up Yeah, and you me, can please. kind of follow the crowd, too, which is nice. A lot of times the crowd is kind of going toward that baggage. But another thing that's really hard is when the gate changes. Like, have you ever oh. been in that oh that's a pain or like your time of your flight changes or something's changing but when Girl, I'm sitting I in my gate story. oh tell me the story 
But you can finish your thought, though. Well, I was just going to say, like, when you're sitting in the gate and the gate changes, it's, like, a stressful situation, especially if you haven't realized that the gate has changed and you're just sitting there. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Wow. Tell me Um, the story. Okay, so... Literally the the first time that I was flying with my guide dog. So I was coming home from training. Oh, gosh. I had to fly. I really don't like the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. Like, I just don't. And (laughs) our gate changed, like, three times. Oh. And it was horrible. And I had no idea where I was going. And so at Dallas-Fort Worth, they have, like, those carts where they'll take a lot of disabled people on. Yes, I've been on one. Yeah, the ones that beep really loudly. (laughs) Yes. So, like, I was on one of those carts, and they knew. And so, again, people had... It it was helpful because people had recognized me from being at the gate, but then I got assistance to go from one gate to another. And then they moved back to the original gate, and there were people passing by, and they were like, hey, you're going to probably Columbus, I'm assuming, (laughs) <laughs> they're like we're going back to whatever and i was oh, like oh no so then the driver did like a whole u-turn <laughs> <laughs> everything you're saying is reminding me of other things like my brain is going like in 80 directions because like first of all don't you always feel like a kinship with the other disabled people in the airport oh like, absolutely when, when they're like taking you on the plane first or whatever with the other people you're like oh like i wonder like what well, you know it's, it's who great. are my people and here who are my peeps here going on the plane with me and then another thing that that reminded me of is like when you have a really really quick layover <gasps> oh i've run in airports so much oh i look like a mad woman i'm sure with my guide dog we're like jingling down the the corridor <laughs> jingling down i just i literally like that's why i need assistance sometimes is for those moments when but yes. the crappy part about being disabled is you're you're the first one on the plane which sounds like a great treat but you're also the last one off the plane unfortunately so yeah you know because how long it, takes it takes us so much longer but, like, it takes all these other people so long getting their overhead baggage and you're just sitting in the chair because they tell you, if you are getting assistance, they tell you to wait and be the last yeah. one on the plane. I always have this fear that I'm so short that I'm going to be behind the seat and they're going to not see me and forget <laughs> me and lock up the plane without me or something. But and you anyway, end up going to somewhere completely I'll end up different. I'll just going to another country. That sounds like a plot of a great Hallmark movie. Of Absolutely. Like, Casey Christmas, like, flying to another area. But anyway, like, I'm always, like, the last one. And then when I have a layover, it stresses me out because I know it's going to take like 20 minutes for everyone to get off of the plane and then I I yeah. still have to wait and be the last one even if but the good news is about about that is if they're assisting me it's kind of their fault if I miss the next flight and not really that my is fault. true that is true right so yeah that's kind of the, the so it's going to make them really hustle you know but a lot of the times I will be waiting on an assist on some assistance for upwards of 30 minutes like that's I've why you got to get if you want assistance you have to get to the airport early because I will get there early and wait for literally 30 minutes. And yes. they they act as if they have never helped a disabled person before ever I in know, the history right? of the airline. Like, they're like, oh, you need help? Hold on. They, like, have their walkie-talkie. They're like, so-and-so, can you help? And no one is available. Not only is no one available, but no one is aware of this. And also, when I buy my ticket, I click on the ticket. I'm visually impaired. There's, like, a literally a checkbox mm-hmm. for yeah. that. And they never... Like, if, if it were just up to that, it wouldn't even matter, if that makes sense. Like, if it mm-hmm. were just, if you're just relying on the check mark to, like, be helped, no. Oh, when no, you, get you there, have to, you no, have to. No, you start to, from like, square one when you walk in that door. You have to be willing to advocate for yourself if yes. you don't want to risk 
getting left. Yes, and this is why using a cane or a guide dog is helpful if you want assistance because generally someone will come up to you and be like, hey, do you need help? And at that point, you're like, yes, I need assistance. So that check mark on the website when you're booking your ticket is a bunch of baloney because it literally means nothing. Like, you still have to ask. It, yeah, they, it's they essentially no, It's not useless. like they have anyone prepared and waiting for you ever. Oh, psh, no. I wonder maybe if you buy, like, an expensive, like, first or business class ticket or something, like, maybe they'll take you. Maybe. You, they rule out the red carpet just for you. <laughs> <laughs> I need to try that out one day. I know, right? But anyway, I just got really, I just got a little passionate because of how crazy it is. How I mean, I've waited like 45 minutes before just to get assistance, so it's crazy. But at least you get to skip the line, so that's It is news. true, yeah. So usually my, t- my tactic is often like look lost and then they'll- yes. <laughs> Then yes. they'll let you cut the line. <laughs> I purposely went. I, you know the desks where you check your baggage? Yes. I purposely was walking right in front of those desks with my cane just to like. So I, I didn't even have to ask anyone. I just knew they would say something to me. Like I was like, look lost. Walk yes. in front of the desk. You know, and seriously. And I've done that before. And it usually like it often works because, uh, you know, they're like you're kind of sometimes in their way and you don't necessarily mean to be but like still they're like oh well I guess like we should help you and then they I feel like they feel more inclined to help you because then they're like oh clearly she needs assistance I don't know it's silly that we feel we have to prove ourselves but at the same time like in a situation like this it's like we need what we need and we need it in an expedient amount of time because yes. we are clearly ha- like need to get somewhere so sometimes it, it like we just need to make our, our point known <laughs> oh yes and then after the flight at the very end finding like your uber or the taxi line i have had stress. such a struggle with that oh, i i was telling case i had this like nightmarish trip to reno for a conference one time but I arrived pretty late, like, it was an evening flight, and so when I finally got there, it was, like, almost midnight, I think, or around midnight, and I, I was expecting the hotel shuttle, but apparently they stopped running at 11, and so oh, I kept walking back, I, like, hailed in a lift, and they were waiting for me, and I kept walking back and forth. I'm like, where are you? I walked, like, all around the... It was ridiculous. Uh, it was that just so gives me bad. stress. That gives me stress hearing about it, because we've all been there. And, like, it's impossible to find a car at the airport. There are so many cars. It's impossible. So many cars. So it's really nice when you have a friend or someone waiting on you there, but it's not... It's... I mean, I've had many, many times where I've had to, like, get a cab or a car from the airport, and it is not fun. Yeah. So... It's tough. It's tough. And, like... You know, traveling is already a little bit stressful. And then, like, with a disability, it's a whole other layer to it. But I will say, like, personally, I really love being in airports. Casey and I were talking about this when we were planning. I love being in airports just because I love the feeling of, like... I don't know. I'm, I'm like, you know, by nature, I'm a really, like, independent person. And so, like, I love the feeling of feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm like, I'm free. I'm, like, I'm navigating. I'm going uh-huh. somewhere new. Like, it feels very adventurous to me and almost a little, like, romantic. Like, ooh, whisking off into, like, a new location, you know, whatever. Sitting in an airport Starbucks. Like, I don't know. Uh, I really enjoy it. Are they're one of my least favorite places on the planet Earth that we live on. Um, <laughs> I like, I like, I'm fine with 
with airplanes. Once I'm sitting down on the plane, I'm like, I made it. I'm here. All is well. I got on and I'm getting to my destination no matter what at this point. But the actual airport experience, I really, it stresses me out. Um, And I feel like after COVID and after not traveling for a long time, I'll be so happy to be back in one and just be grateful to be in one. So not trying to sound ungrateful, but they just bring me stress and I and they're not like the relaxing experience I would hope. And I've been like stranded in, in you know, just like for hours in airports sleeping on the chairs. And they're, I don't know. Yeah. Not a fan. I it like that you rough, romanticize sure. it though. I'm trying to really actually like side tangent. I'm trying to really romanticize everything in my life that I don't like. So like, you know, like trying to like see the good and like make it like better and even like certain weather for me especially like rain and snow and stuff I'm like I'm gonna romanticize this and not like hate it um so maybe I'll try to do that about an airport you know yeah I mean like sometimes I like to pretend like when I'm in an airport like I'm in some sort of a novel you know like oh yes oh yes I do like to pick out my outfit I like to think of my travel outfit I'm very into that I'm like what am I gonna wear on the plane I know. And like sometimes it's just something comfy and practical, but sometimes I like to look cute on an airplane because it makes me feel like I'm going somewhere special. Um, Even though when I finally get there, I still feel like garbage because you were on a plane. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I know. For me, it's always like cute and and comfy at the same time like you know yeah like matching suit of sweats or something cute. I love that. that. I love that so much. Well, that was our I was our planes, but we want to talk about like cars and automobiles and being on maybe road trips so yes, what is that trip. like for you like mostly with friends right we're yeah talking. obviously friends we can't family. take our own road trips <laughs> right we can't drive um if you're new here hello we're blind um but <laughs> i i really like road trips a lot i lo- i am obsessed like i love the whole thing i love the music that you, you the playlists you make i love going to the gas station and getting snacks like i love it i love a road trip stopping at weird places and all that along the way I feel like with friends um obviously we feel the need to do this on road trips and just in everyday life which is paying for gas like we definitely need to chip in Mm -hmm. um and I feel like most people do this on road trips if they're not the one driving I would I would assume especially if it's like a very long drive but you know we're used to paying for gas for our friends because that's um part of our everyday life but so we do that and what about you? Like, how do you, I will tell a quick story, but first I want to hear your, like, road, how you feel about road tripping. Yeah. So I've done a lot of road trips in my life. I think I like them maybe a little less than you do. Um, <laughs> I just, I like being in the car, like after, I don't know, I, I can probably put up with a long flight because I know, like, you know, it would, it's generally faster than going somewhere yeah. by car. And so, like, after a while, I'm, like, kind of fed up of sitting in the car. The nice thing is, though, like, I do get to, you know, I get to use my phone. I get to, like, it's not as loud as a plane. Like, there are a lot of, like, upsides to it. Uh, yeah. But the the sun in the window drives me absolutely bonkers oh, on a road trip. I see. But I it see. is really, really fun still. I do love, like, the, the playlists, the the rest stop fun you know like yes, there's always yes. fun at rest stops but what about and... when you're on a plane and you have a stranger by the window and they leave the window open the entire plane because that drives me I mean the sun is awful in that situation too and I'm I like, know close the window, please. honestly close the I have like 
I've, like, deadpan asked people, like, I'm sorry, like, can we close the window shade because, like, it really hurts my eye. <laughs> like, oh, I don't good. care. Like, Good. But some <laughs> people, like, their dream is to, like, look out of the window of the plane, so I don't want to crush their dreams and heart and soul. And, you know, I'm like, um, but I hate that. But, yeah, for me, uh, chronic pain, though, like, stepping into our rare of the rare with flair, like, chronic pain on a road trip is brutal. And an airplane, to be fair. But a road trip, if it's a few hours long, I was such a wuss on my last road trip that I went on recently with my friends. We have funny videos of, like, my two friends in the front seat, like, singing, and I'm sprawled out laying down in the back because my shoulder was hurting me so bad. (laughs) Like, I I, yeah, it's bad. But, but, um, I have a funny story really quick, though, about being blind on a road trip. So, you know how there's so many, like, road trip games that require vision? Yeah. Of, like, spot the, this kind of car or whatever. So, like, license plates from different states literally yes my best friend was driving this car and and this was a few weeks ago and she knows me better than literally anyone and like she's very aware of my vision and she jokes about we joke about my vision a lot like she's on that level with me like she knows I can't see like very well you know and we're in the car with me her and one other friend and she's like okay we're gonna play a game everybody Um, We're going to go through the alphabet, and when you see the letter on a sign outside, like the letter A, and then we'll move on to the letter B, and we're going to read the signs. And I was like, are you you kidding me right now? (laughs) And she she still didn't understand. She was like, what? And I was like, are you, is this a joke? And she was like, what, what? It's a fun game that I play with my family. I was like, it literally took her a while. I I finally was like, I'm blind. It was so (laughs) funny. She was like, I forgot you're blind. And um, and then she said, oh, no, because you're going to go tell Cassandra and she's going to think I'm a bad friend. <laughs> so that was funny. But anyway. I don't so, think that she's a bad friend. She's so, actually really cool. But it, it totally happens. Um, then they, they, they played, though. And I just like I was like the judge, even though I couldn't actually judge. <laughs> actually, you know, part. sometimes in the car, um, <laughs> I like I don't have you ever seen the movie uh, Christopher Robin, you know, the live action one? No, I haven't. But I wanted to. Oh, it's so cute. You should totally see oh, it. Oh, I love Winnie the Pooh. I, so Winnie the Pooh, like, he's on a, it, you know, it's like Christopher Robin grown up, and I'll try to, I'll, I'll say it without too many spoilers, but, like, he's on a train in England with, like, Winnie the Pooh, and Winnie the Pooh's like, I'm gonna play a game called Say What You See, and then he's like, house, tree, cloud and I'm like <laughs> sometimes I do that but with only things that I can see and I'm just like teal house like you yeah. know just like fun colors of things or like Aww. pretty tree and then like we you know, should play that like, game which is think the yeah like oh there's a cloud yeah yeah fun cloud like I love that <laughs> Pooh Bear giving us inspo I know actually and so one thing I, I feel like it's sometimes fun on road trips I was recently on like a day trip with some friends as well and so um one thing that even though we can't switch off and drive at night if it ends up being like that we can take turns trying to keep the driver awake yes Um, so on my last trip it was it was a like total blast because whenever um our like our original driver had switched off and he, he was taking a nap but uh, we switched off and then we started like 
just cranking out like all the show tunes. We yes. sang Disney songs, like just so we could like stay awake because honestly, it was really it would be really tough if you were the only person awake in the car and you were exhausted. So oh, that's one yeah. way that we feel we can contribute. Oh yeah, I definitely I've done that before too, for sure. So we also wanted to quickly touch on subways and city buses because, no, you're not necessarily traveling, like, out of town on these things, but it is a form of travel and it is a form of, like, independent travel that we've done before. I I mean, I've done both the city bus and the subway. I think I have more experience with the subway from being in New York for a few years and you have more experience with the city bus. Totally. Um, so if you want to chat about your city bus experiences... Uh, y'all, I love the bus for all that it is, you know, I, like, it's got its moments, but, like, it's what my city has to offer, and, like, if it's a form of independence, like, I'ma take it, it's not perfect, but I love the bus, um, I take it, you know, at least a few times a week, one thing I have started to make more frequent use of again, so I used to do this a lot, we had a version of it, um, at Ohio State where I went to college, but I haven't been in college for a while, and then a year of that was gone for the pandemic. But I've been trying to take a lot more paratransit. And so for those who may not know or don't have it near them, paratransit is basically like another form of the city bus. It is generally provided through like the city that you live in. And it is specifically for like disabled people, kind of a door-to-door uh, bus service. In general, it's, like, fairly affordable, like, the bus, and um, it's really nice because, like, it, you know, it's cheaper than an Uber, and it's available and, like, a little bit less flexible, but it, like, saving money and, like, knowing that there's someone that could help you that... Like, I know for a fact that every time I take a paratransit ride with my guide dog, I'm not going to get rejected because this is, like, what Uh, it's for. Like, it is for disabled people. Like, I don't have to worry about that. Um, I don't have to... Sometimes... I've had funny experiences on paratransit where the drivers will ask me, like, where is it? And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Like, I gave you the address. Uh, Yes. Sometimes, like, sometimes I'll tell them if I've been there before, but sometimes I've never been there before. I don't know what it looks like. Like, I don't know. I couldn't do that. I'm not good at that. <laughs> so, That's how Ubers Ubers do that too, and I'm like, I gave you the address. Uh, please I can't help you there. just like read please the signs, but yeah. But so you know the the general city bus though. So like paratransit, something like a little bit different, more like an Uber, but also like a bus. Um, just taking the bus. It's funny. Um, I I'm very comfortable with it. Obviously, you get like fun bus people. Um, oh, yes. I've gotten like a lot of very interesting encounters on the on public transit, as I'm sure oh, you also have with the I subway. I could like, have a three hour podcast up about it, just oh. about my experiences on public transit. But yes. um, in terms of trying to like get off at the right place, like I find that most drivers in my city are fairly aware of um, blind riders, which is quite nice because you know if you're at a bus stop with like multiple buses are coming to it different lines they will almost always stop directly in front of me and like yell out the name of the bus oh, line oh that's it's like awesome. the number two and that's, that's so nice and helpful and usually sometimes i'm like oh no i want like the 31 or whatever uh-huh. um but like i really appreciate that also like sometimes when i get on the bus the driver will ask like where are you getting off or they'll yeah. tell me where the seat is. 
They don't always do that. They don't always tell, ask where I'm getting off. Sometimes I'll just tell them I'm getting off at this stop, even if they don't ask. And um, sometimes I'll, like, a lot of the times I'll rely on, like, the stop announcements that are, like, playing out on the bus. But sometimes the volume is turned, like, all the way down. Oh, and I gosh. No oh, gosh. You just brought back horrible memories. <laughs> I, like, forgot. I forgot that was a thing. I would be so stressed when the announcer wasn't working because I couldn't see. And I, yeah. that's the only way I knew when to get off was when they said it over the loudspeaker. Yeah. And a lot of times either people would be too loud talking or it just wasn't working or whatever. And I, like, was trying to count the stops, but I would lose count. And then, oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah, yes. right. And with the bus, like, they don't always stop at every stop. Because yeah. they only stop when someone pulls the cable and or when someone's waiting right. to get off or to get right. on. So, like, I would count the stops, but it doesn't always work like that. So, like, I actually just had this experience, like, almost, a, like, maybe a little over a week ago where I had already told the driver where I was going. But she seemed, I don't know, she's kind of absent-minded. And so she literally passed my stop and it was like two stops away when I'd asked I'm like, can I get off at this stop? And she said, sure. And I was really glad that I do have some vision because and I'm familiar with my city because we were like downtown and I was like, I shouldn't be down. Like, I wasn't trying to go downtown. I'm like, oh, no, I'm sorry. Did we pass my stop? And she was like, oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. But in general, like it's I. I also, like, make a ton of use of my phone. Like, the Maps app on my phone is just, oh, like, sure. super helpful. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about your experiences? Sorry, yeah. I just, like, totally went off on a tangent, no, but I no, really you, love the bus, you guys. You, uh, you ride it a lot, and you have a lot of experience with it. Like, I, my, my public transit, especially where I live, is basically non-existent. I don't use it really here. But, yeah, I did use a lot, a lot in New York, and all of your stories are so, like, relatable to me. And I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed I rode the subway every day to work. And just, like, to hang out with people or do whatever I needed to do. And I, I really did enjoy it. I mean, it gave me independence. And there were weird people and people that, like, <laughs> fell asleep on top of me. And, like, one time oh, a guy gosh. had something fall out of his mouth onto my lap. Um, <laughs> and there were many, many weird experiences. I mean, there are so many more where that came from. I can't even tell you. And there were times where I missed my stop, just like you. And, you know, things like that. But... Um, for the most part, like, I really liked it, and, like, especially, like, my commute that I did every morning, it was the same, so I, I knew where I was going, and I wasn't, like, stressed about trying to get off at the right stop or whatever, and I went to church every day the same, or every, not every day, but every Sunday the same commute, so, like, those places where I went every time the same, I knew, but, yeah, with new places, it was tricky sometimes, but overall, yeah, I miss it. I, I mean, I miss New York in general, like not, not to the point where like, I want to go back, but I just, cause I love where I am now, but I just miss like aspects of it. And I did really like mm-hmm. the public transit. And I mean, there were certain times though, where it would be so smushed together. Like, oh, it was a little, Ugh. you were like in somebody's armpit quite literally, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, oh, really quick though. I wanted to tell my story about how once I took a cross town bus, Oh, yes. Um, And I'll try and make it quick since, um, (laughs) y'all. So the only reason I did this was I was in college and um, I had to go to an interview in Indianapolis, which is not that far away, but no one could take me, no one could drive me, and there are no direct flights because it's not that far, but it's, like, just far enough. So my parents were out of town, like, they were literally out of the country and oh 
So I, I just, I had to find a way to get there. No one, again, no one could take me. And so I was like, well, I'm going to try and take a Greyhound. First and last time I will ever take a Greyhound bus by myself. Um, it was like a whole, oh. it was a one day trip because I had to, you know, it was just an interview and I didn't want to stay the night. So I like took it there and I took it back. But like y'all, Greyhound stations are never in like a good part of town. They're always oh. in a shady part of town. Yeah. It's, you're always there like early in the morning or early at night and, or like really late at night is what I mean. And like, it was just really, really like, <sighs> concerning like on my way there like the person next to me was like man spreading like crazy and like touching my Ah. leg and I did not like Uh, um there were a couple people that were definitely like very on some substances that got on the bus and it was not like yeah it was very very unnerving as just like me a single you know early 20s person at the time like I was just very nervous um you know, people would talk to me because I, I guess I look friendly with a dog, but I like, I almost felt like I was being followed. Like it was not a pleasant experience. I would maybe do it again if I were with someone. Um, but I would never really do it again alone. Even if it was like my only option, I might have to just like say no, because it would, the interview went well, but like the the experience was not positive. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. That's kind of how it was riding the subway at like one in the morning. Because I definitely Oof. did it, but only with friends. Like, I was never alone because, I mean, yeah, you do meet, yeah, it's 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 not always the safest. Yeah. Yeah, I really it's wanted not. to fall asleep on my way back, but I had to, like, oh, no. call, never. like, my brother, and then he was like, do not fall asleep on the Greyhound bus. Like, oh, but I wanted to quickly talk about, like, our travel experiences, like, how old you were when you first traveled and how often you travel now. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Okay, yeah. I First time I ever traveled on an airplane um, was when I was six years old. And we went to Nevada just with, like, my whole family. And I had a hard time my very first time on the plane. Like, I have a lot of ear trouble on airplanes. And luckily, I found my favorite product in the world. We will link it in the show notes. It is called Earplanes. And it's these earplugs that, like, uh, that make the... um, your if your station tubes don't work well and they like you know I don't know I don't I'm not a doctor but they help okay they like do the the pressure they balance the <laughs> pressure in your ears and anyway so I had a hard time as a kid flying um didn't really love that but now um I don't travel as frequently as Cass does I've actually never even traveled that much internationally but I I do travel probably like three times a year and by travel I mean that could be anywhere from an airplane trip to like a three hour car trip you know I'm kind of just meaning like you know three or four times a year I'll go visit some friends I'll go to the various conferences I go to of course and then probably like a family vacation if we take one so I do really like to travel but I'm also kind of a homebody at the same time so I'm not like always on the go 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 but I do enjoy it every once in a while but I always am happy to get back home because I like my schedule in my house (laughs) (laughs) so what about you yeah I've I have traveled like a lot throughout my life um my my parents have always really liked traveling and um since I'm Puerto Rican like we have a lot of our family at least we did growing up um we have a lot of our family was in Puerto Rico and so we would go there fairly often to see family um so the first time I ever flew I was I had to ask my mom 
because I knew it was going to be before I ever remembered, and uh, I was just over a year old oh, the first wow. time I was on a plane. Um, wow. Yeah, see, I remember my first flight. That's funny. Yeah, I do not. I, like, yeah. I know that I was on a plane, like, a decent amount even before I can remember just because, like, we would go there and, like... We would even take some, like, we would take a lot of family vacations and, like, whether, you know, regardless if I don't remember them, like, I I still love having photos of those times and, like, knowing that that's something that we did a lot as a family. Yeah, I love that. I just that. think that that's, like, a special, like, memory and that's something that, like, if I ever have kids, like, that's something I would really, really love to do for and with them just because, like, it was a special part of my childhood. But, um... We've taken a lot of road trips as family, um, oh, yeah. especially when I was, like, around middle school. We did. We went to a lot of, like, we're kind of nerds in my family, so we love, <laughs> like, we love a, a historical or, like, learning vacation, so, like, we'd go to, like, lots of national parks. And, I like, love that. I'm Colonial totally Williamsburg that. and things oh, like that. I've been, I've literally been dying to go there. Um, it's so yeah. fun. You should so go. It is so, isn't it, is it not up my alley? Like, is it's it not, so like, such a alley. Casey thing? It is so, like, I could, like, live there. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And but so yeah. we did all kinds of stuff. Like, we, you know, we would go to the beach, but it was mostly, like, if we were in Puerto Rico because we were there visiting yeah. family. Sure. Um, but, like, we love those kinds of, like, nerdy learning vacations where we'll, like, go to a national park and, like, we would do, do like, the little junior ranger packets where, like, we yeah. would learn about the history and things. So, um, so those were always sort of our, our vacations. I still love to travel a lot. Um, I'll still travel with my parents even though now I'm, like, an adult and I pay, have to pay my own way. But, like, <laughs> my parents really like doing, like, guided tours and so I love that too because again it's very learning I love to feel like I get to know the city that I'm in a little bit Mm -hmm. uh even if we're not there for very long um so you know I I I already have like five flights scheduled for the rest of the year like I'm super excited I'm ready to go and travel and like a couple of those are like visiting some friends like I'm gonna visit my brother and another friend of mine like over in the east coast which I haven't been to a lot of the East Coast states aside from, like, New York, like, Northeast, you know. So I'm excited to do that. um, Yeah. Because she lives in New Hampshire, and I've never been there before. And, like, you know, I'm looking forward to, like, girl, I've, like, I planned out so many of my vacation days through, like, 2024. Like, I'm so excited Uh to... I kind of have two, actually. My 2022 is, like, already planned. I know, right? Like, sometimes our travels, and, like, we've mentioned this before, like, they're for, like, conferences. Yeah. Yeah. So, I am already, like, super stoked for conference next year because I get yes. to see Case. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. For those who didn't remember, we're not in the same state. Right, we are not. Contrary to popular belief, we do this on FaceTime. <laughs> we um, sure do. But, but, we are going to play quick rapid fire game. game! <laughs> and this one is fun, so don't turn that dial because this one is like more about our travel experiences, quick travel questions that are going to be really fun, I think. So, first question. What is the closest and the furthest place you've ever traveled? I mean, I guess closest. I I can never knock travel in my own city. 
Um, I honestly think it's really special and sometimes you get to see places that you've never seen before. So uh, we're actually taking, like my mom really wanted to do this. She heard that like my city was doing like guided tours. So we're going to do that next week because she was like, I want to do that. (laughs) I love that. But the furthest place I've ever traveled so far is I went, um, I went on a, on a tour after I graduated college, uh, just like a quick, like week and a half tour with my parents in Eastern or like, you know, Central and Eastern Europe. So the furthest place I've ever been is Budapest in Hungary. I really loved it. Uh, but I think I might top that this year if, if all goes well, we're trying to go to Chile, you know, South oh, America. Wow. And I'm really looking forward to that. It's been like a dream. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Where have you been? Um, so the closest place is probably like Mississippi, which is like right below me and really close. And my grandma lives there. Um, furthest is probably one of the places I've been on a cruise, like the Bahamas or something like that. I actually don't. I'm actually not sure what the furthest furthest is. Um, I haven't even traveled internationally all that much, like I said. But I know in the past I like keep saying I love Disney World and I do. But I actually have been to a lot of places in the States. Like, that, it's not like I just go to Disney when I travel. Like, I've been <laughs> to a lot in the States. I just don't travel internationally a lot. My family, um, we did take trips, like, every year as kids, which was really fun. But we just didn't go out of the country a lot. My mom just has some health stuff, and we never could really do the long flights. And it's just, like, a lot. But, um, but yeah. Awesome. All right. So, what are your favorite domestic and slash international places that you've been so i know i always say i love disney so i won't say that one but i do love disney um before i moved to new york i really did enjoy traveling to new york because i'm like a big broadway person and i feel like now that i lived there for a while it it like feels more like a second home than like a travel destination i guess but i i mean Obviously, now when I go, it's still travel. I also really love New Orleans. I love that city. I went to go visit one of my friends there who lived there. And we just had, it was in October around Halloween time. We had such a fun time. So I think those are some of my fave places. And I don't know. I've been to other places too that I really like, but I'll, I'll keep it at that. What about you? New Orleans is on my list of places I really want to see. Yeah. I really would Definitely. love to go. But yeah, so I really, I mean, I also really love New York City. I have not lived there like case, but I, it, it was always like, uh, like uh, my teenage dream was to like live in New York City. And even though I'm not doing that, I still feel like I get to, you know, I, I still live in a city, like a midsize city and, and yeah. take transit. So it's like part of that dream anyway. But um Definitely. So I really love the vibe there. It just, it feels so like, I feel very invigorated by the city. I lo- I'm very much a city person. So it's always exciting to me to be there. I li- um I mentioned this before. I, I like, I lived briefly in Seattle for like three months for like the summertime, um, like a few years ago. I really loved being there. Their transit was amazing. It was very beautiful. I thought that like, they had a lot of unique places around. Um, it's very, you know, it's a little bit, you know, gentrified, a little expensive, but I really liked being there a lot. And I really liked, um, I don't know, I, I've loved being in like some national parks. Like they've just really blown my mind, like natural beauty. And, uh, and it's really yeah. special that they've been preserved like that. Yellowstone is really phenomenal. If you've ever wanted to go or like 
you know, at least, like, a little bit, you should absolutely go, like, just seeing, like, wild animals roaming. Like, it's beautiful. That sounds beautiful. And then what about international? What is your favorite international place you've ever been? I really haven't been to that many. Like, I've mainly been to, like, beaches. I had fun in Mexico. That was fun. Yeah? Where in Mexico did you go? Oh, don't ask. I was in middle school, so I don't even... Oh, gosh. If you said it, I might know it, but I'm not going to remember right now. Yeah, I've actually, I've never been to Mexico, um, but I really I mentioned I went to Budapest. I really liked being in Budapest. I would absolutely go back. It, there was like a very rich history, and it felt like a city with lots of character and kind of some grit. And I thought it was really cool to be there, and it was very beautiful too. Like the architecture was like very very gorgeous. Um, so that was one of my favorite international travels. For a blind person, I'm weirdly obsessed with architecture. Um, I know it's very a visual thing. Well, you can feel it too, I guess. But like, I just yeah. love, I love old architecture. I'm so annoyed that America's like so new because I, I know, love the right? old, old stuff. What is the first place you ever traveled on a plane? I already answered this, that mine was Nevada. What was yours? Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. So what are your like dream places you'd like to visit? Again, maybe like international and domestic. I think my dream international, and I know this is such a, like, cliche answer, but I'll explain why it matters to me. My dream international would be London because I love theater so much. And, like, um, you know, Broadway is, like, the best of the best, but the West End definitely, like, rivals that of being, like, one of the best theater places. And I would love to go see some shows on the West End. And I also love shopping, and they have good shopping. And I just feel like it's, like, it's just a Casey-type place. Although I really, like... I don't know. I love architecture, so I feel like like Ireland or Italy or those places would be beautiful too. But yeah, and then um, and then in the U.S. Oh gosh, maybe like the Grand Canyon. The Grand I've never Canyon been to the Grand is so Canyon. beautiful. It's so like it, it's like one it. of those things that'll like take your breath away. Absolutely. Oh, I'm sure. Oh wow, that's amazing. I, yeah, I, those are all. I think uh, you cut out briefly, but like, did you say London? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I yeah. Our connection's getting weird. But anyway, um. Yeah. So I've never been to London either. So I think it'd be really like cool places. I mean, I love cities, so it seems like a really cool and fun place to go. Um. It's been my dream. So I love traveling and seeing things that I could never see near me. Um. And I love going to just places with very different weather than than where you know I get the all four seasons here in Ohio, but it's like very landlocked in the Midwest and so I it's been a dream for so long to go to Scandinavia like you know Norway Finland um Sweden like I I would kill to go there I want to see the northern lights the northern lights I would love I would love to see the northern lights oh my gosh yeah and speaking of weather I would love to go to Hawaii that's another dream oh yeah yeah, absolutely. I my parents went to Hawaii without me. Oh, so lame. Um, <laughs> but but like they really really loved it as well. They thought it was gorgeous. But yeah, I'd love to see just like giant fjords. Like I've seen some fjords. I went to uh, Alaska. That was another place I really loved going. Um, but like I want to see more fjords, y'all. Um, I want to go to Osaka, Japan. I've heard it's beautiful and incredible. And amazing mm, architecture, I and I love I Japanese food. And domestic, I've always, like, wanted to go to Glacier National Park in Montana. 
that is like I've heard it's I've seen so many different photos like it's very very gorgeous um like incredible mountains and like beautiful lakes and things and one place I've wanted to go for a while I am hoping to cross off my list this year and I want to see Boston I've never been there but I'm excited to check it out this year oh yeah I would love to check that out too okay so the last question is, and I might need to pull up a list of all 50 states, because we're going to say out of all the 50 states, how many have you been to? And I did not prepare this. I'm did going you? to send you the one that I did previously. Okay. There was just okay. like a list of the 50 states and you get to check them off. So like... You can check them off. Okay, while I you can... do that, I will say my answer. And oh, I've gosh. been to, I think... I, unless unless there's a state that I went to when I was like a little bit younger, I don't know that in one if in, a, in any of our road trips we've spent a lot of time in some of these states. But I have been to thirty three states so far. That's um, good. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, there's just like some some states I I have like a little like not really much interest in going to, but some states I have but just never have gotten the chance. So again, this year I hope to. Like, when I visit my friend in New Hampshire and maybe go down to Boston, I hope to cross two of those states off my list, New Hampshire and Massachusetts, that I have not been to. And I think that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I think, like, when you do road trips, you get to cross a lot of these places off, which is why I've been to places like South Dakota and Wyoming. And, like, they're beautiful places, too. Like, by the way, like, you should absolutely check them out and... We saw Mount Rushmore and it was like super foggy um, and like it was really sad because we couldn't see the faces and we were just about to turn around and leave and then the fog like cleared right up and we finally could see it and it was like this like very active God moment but um, I'm mostly talking to fill the space while you... <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm actually, this is such a good, like, podcasting moment where I'm like, you're incredible at filling the space. Okay, <laughs> I feel like I have missed something, definitely. Because uh, I feel like, okay, 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 okay. We're going to just, like, say, I. you know how, like, sometimes you just forget and you've been somewhere that you haven't? Okay. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. I like, have, have I been to Nebraska? I don't really know. I know, I don't, yeah, exactly, there's somewhere I'm like, I think I have, I've been to 22 states, okay, Sweet. that's not horrible, it's, it, is it's one not. of those Ohio? No, I don't, wait, why I haven't see, you visited? I know, no, that's the thing of like, have I been to Ohio, you know, like, I don't even know, I think I've been Y'all, to about half the states. We need to change me. this, Casey hasn't been to Ohio. <laughs> I don't think I have, I don't think I've been to Ohio. Please no. come and visit, and you can Have stay. Have you been to Tennessee? Yes, several times. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. <laughs> Have you been to Memphis, Tennessee? Yes. You have? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It better have been yeah. before you knew me. Oh, no, totally. Yeah, me. we... We used to, we used to go to, so I've been to like, I mean, Pigeon Forge, I know is like super like touristed, but we've been to Nashville. Um, I've been to, you know, Gatlinburg mostly because I was in the Smoky Mountains. I've been to, uh, I think we went, I'm not sure if we stayed in Knoxville, but like, yeah. And then we definitely have been in Memphis, like lots of cool music things. I remember like, I'm pretty sure I was in like fifth grade when we were in Memphis and I remember taking photos on my like Motorola Razor phone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. When we were in Memphis. So (laughs) 
All right, friends, I'm losing you a little bit, but um, thank you for listening to our episode. We will see you in two weeks. Travel some good places. Bye. Bye.